Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. The Bucks got themselves yet another kicker. Let's see if this one can kick straight. We'll tell you who it is. And across town, there's a new sheriff on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it ain't Stephen Stamkos. Welcome into the Rick and Tom podcast, brought to you by the Tampa Bay Times. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you've subscribed to the podcast. We're here every weekday. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast as well as at NFL Stroud and at Tom W. Jones. Nice win for the Lightning on Monday. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, Rick, some news out of One Buck Place. Bucks got themselves a new kicker. They do. He's, he's, not, a, he's not a new kicker. He's actually one of their old kickers. It's uh, Patrick Murray, Pat Murray. If you remember uh, many, many years ago, actually when Jason Light came into town under Lovey Smith, is this Tom? Uh, Patrick Murray was their kicker, and he uh, he had a pretty good year. I think he went, I don't know, he missed maybe two or three or four field goals, something like that, um, 20 of 24, uh, and his long was 55 that year. And then the next year he came back, and he tore his ACL. And then the year after that, um, you know, of course, he didn't make the team that year because of the injury. Uh, and then he won the job with the Browns a year ago and kicked for a couple games and then tore his patella tendon. So his problem has been injury, not inaccuracy, and that's a step up from where they were with Nick Folk. And as Greg Allman from the Tampa Bay Times pointed out, I think he made something like his last 25 kicks with the Bucks. Now, half of those were, I think, 13 were extra points. Yeah. Back in the old days, the old extra points. That's when, right. Ones I could, you and I could make. But uh, still... I mean, he he didn't. He was pretty good from from uh, from long distance. He can kick some fifty yarders. Uh, the question I have now, though, Rick, is why should I believe this guy's the answer? I thought Roberto Aguayo was the answer. Then I thought Nick Folk was the answer. So why should I have any faith that Patrick Murray's the answer? Well, because his name's not Roberto Aguayo or Nick Folk. I mean, that, that's the only. <laughs> that's the best I mean, you can do. <laughs> that's the best I can do. I mean, his body of work, albeit abbreviated because he had one full season in the NFL is 20 for 24. Now you could say, well, Nick Folk was, you know, had a better, better percentage over 12 years than that. But the fact of the matter was, is that Nick was not going to stay here. And in fact, they actually put him on injured reserve. Um, and we had heard this uh, late last week that, and it's probably coming from Nick's camp, but that he had some tendonitis in his plant leg. So it's a it's a minor That's injury. Joe McCoy kicked him in the shins or something after he missed five <laughs> yeah. field goals in the last two weeks. He was kicking his own butt is what he was doing. <laughs> um, but I, I think that you know, for whatever reason, he he, he we probably was going to need a week or two anyway. But um, no, there's no there's no real reason to think that this is going to be much better other than it's a different guy. And I mean, what else can you do? You, you I mean, there was no way that they were going to go to Arizona, line up for an important kick of any kind, and have Nick Folk trot, trot out there. I mean, how, how could the team or anyone believe that, you know, the result was going to be different? And and had had they missed a big kick with Folk, then you would have said, well, that's just, you know, that's malpractice. I mean, you can't, right. you, you can't do that. So, you know, look, uh, Murray, it wasn't so much about the workout from what I understand, although they worked out, you know, five other kickers or four other kickers today. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure he did well. And the physical was important, especially for a guy like Murray. But... He was in camp with New Orleans, uh, you know, this this past, you know, fall, and didn't didn't win the job there. But 
Uh, I just think it's there. There's familiarity with him, um, and you know he did a good job when he was here. And like I said, you have to move on. You, I mean, that's just the way it is with kickers. You know, it's uh, it's like sorting through apples, man. You find one with a bruise, you toss it out and go for the next <laughs> one. I mean, it's just. I mean, what else? What else can you do? There's there's no there's no real good alternative other than you bring in a bunch of guys, and whichever one you have the most confidence in, and. Nick, Nick, and again, in a short period, probably has the best percentage and has been the most accurate. With Cleveland, in the two games he played last year, um, I think he was three out of four in field goals or something like that, or one out of two. I don't know what it was, but he, he had some success. He did kick the long extra points. I think he missed one. Um, but, you know, he, he's been fairly accurate, and, and it's really just – trying to straighten it out by picking another guy. There's certain guys out there, Rick, that clearly are Hall of Fame types like Adam Vinatieri, and there there have been other guys around the NFL, Sebastian Janikowski, who you can rely on game after game, year after year. I think, though, what happens sometimes when you get a guy like uh, like Nick Folk here with the Tampa Bay Bucks, he actually may be still a better kicker than Patrick Murray. I don't know. But I think once they start getting into this situation where they're missing kicks for a particular team, it starts the weight of it starts to to build up to the point where they need to go somewhere else. They're no longer going to be that effective kicker in that city. And a guy might leave another place like Patrick Murray. He was out of work a week ago. Maybe a new fresh start back at a place where he's a little bit familiar is just what just what he needs, just what the Bucks need. Ultimately, a kicker. I I believe it's all about confidence with those guys. They can all kick. They've all done it. But once you start missing kicks like Nick Folk, A, the coach no longer trusts you, the GM no longer trusts you, the team doesn't trust you, you start calling games differently, and you just have to believe that the the kicker himself feels like like he's jinxed or he's waiting for something to go wrong. He may go on, Nick Folk may go on somewhere else and get another job somewhere. You see these guys bounce around everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, it usually takes him a number of years to get in the NFL. And, I mean, Folk, Folk has had this happen to him before. I mean, he was, he was Dallas's kicker, then he went to the Jets, and – you know, he was there for a good long time, and, and, and really the only reason, again, the only reason he had a job with the Bucks is because they he was the insurance policy that they cashed in on Roberto Aguayo. And, you know, Aguayo, they, they just simply weren't going to go through it with him because, as Dirk said, saw that movie, know how it ends. And so they, they essentially just gave the job to Folk, um, thinking that, you know, 12 years in the league, if he hits anywhere near his league average at 83-3 or whatever it was, that, that they can live with that. But it's it's sort of, you know, he has no equity in this franchise. I mean, he's new to Tampa Bay. He's not new to the NFL. They haven't moved the goalposts. They're the same distance, <laughs> the same length. And it is it is weird, you know, that you would struggle like this. But sometimes – there's such focus, you know, when you come in in a situation, especially in Tampa Bay. I mean, how much time have we spent because they use a second-round pick on Aguayo talking about the damn place kicker? I mean, of all the things in the NFL, and yet these guys lead their teams in scoring almost on every single team. So that's right. how important the job is. And so, you know, it's we've, we've detailed, you know, where this began. I think it's the curse of Matt Bryant. It goes all the way back there. And, you know, until you until you have one, you don't you're chasing it. And everybody just kind of, you know, switches kickers and and just, you know, holds their breath and hopes they make more than they miss. I mean, you know, it's just just the way it is. These guys, Rick, and when I say these guys, I'm talking about coaches spend so much time 
working on game plans. They spend so much time at the facilities. They're there first thing in the morning. They're there till late at night. They they eat through lunch. They 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 work through lunch. They work through dinner. Don't see their families. Sounds Every like a min- sports writer, Tom. <laughs> yeah, You're describing me. <laughs> but they spend so much time doing working on the the meticulous details of game plans and getting ready. I'm sure Dirk Cutter is preparing as we're li- as people are listening to this podcast, getting ready ready for the Arizona Cardinals. How much do you think it annoys him to have to spend any amount of time worrying about the damn kicker? You know. Well, I mean, you you know, you, it it does annoy him an awful lot, and yet, um, you know, he's probably more concerned at times with who the left tackle is or who is his running back the first three weeks, and you know, because. Look, what, what coaches believe is this. If I have to put it in the, in the kicker's leg to win a game, then I've probably not done a great job. Now, you know, it happens every week. Games are close. They come down to the last possession, generally speaking, in, in the NFL. So certainly, you know, points are precious, and you certainly need that. But by the same token, you know, they all feel like they can do a better job of game planning, of doing everything else better. So that it's not it's not coming down to that guy. I mean, that's kind of the way they look at it. It's like, well, you know, we left a lot of points off the board, but every time you line up to kick a field goal, unless it's a, you know, end of the end of the half, end of the game situation from fifty six yards where you just don't have time to get closer, right. they always feel like we should have made one more play, we should have picked up a third down. You know, that's that's kind of the mentality of head coaches, and it's not that they don't think about it, but they think about everything else first. The, the, I when I watch. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks and 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 see this offense, Rick. They need a field goal kicker. They're, this this offense sputters enough, it, particularly in the red zone. They get down there sometimes. They can't punch it in. They need a guy that they can depend on. You get across the, you get across the thirty five yard line. The other team that's got to be guaranteed points in the National Football League anymore. And for the teams that are really good and the teams that are consistently in the playoffs, you overlook it. But it's it's the kicker. I feel bad for kickers because Donovan Smith could go out and have a bad day two games in a row, give up three or four sacks. He's not going to lose his job. You miss two or three kicks, you're out of a job in the NFL. I know it's the nature of the beast, and that's part of what you sign up for if you're a kicker. But Mm -hmm. it's such a precarious position. And we, you and I have talked about this. It's not like they have a coach. No. no, no team, no team employs a kicking coach, really. Do that. Mm, Some of them have nope. their own personal consultants, but at half of it's uh, it's about confidence. It's just the craziest thing. And I'm, I fully believe, I a hundred percent believe, moving that extra point back has screwed with the heads of about half the kickers in the National Football League. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if that that was the goal, but I guess to some degree it was that that you know the the play of extra points had become so automatic. I think what they didn't expect the residual of that was going to be that, and I always felt this even before they changed it was that you know the ability to chip one through from twenty yards, or you know they used to put the ball at the two yard line and snap yep. it backwards, and then that was the extra point. Um, you could miss hit that thing almost. As, hard, as badly as you could mishit it. But from that distance, it was going to go through those uprights. Right. And yet it served as a practice swing. I mean, think about it. Your first, you know, your first uh, action usually uh, many times in a game was to trot out there and chip an extra point through. And, and that gave you rhythm. That gave you confidence. And as soon as they moved that thing back, and all of a sudden they were essentially telling themselves, well, this isn't an extra point. This is a 33-yard field goal, and it's not automatic. 
So yeah, it has definitely affected them, and you can see that in the percentages of extra points. And I guess they wanted to make it a, a, not an automatic thing, a football play. Maybe more teams would go for two, that sort of thing. Um, but it has messed with the kickers. But that's why they're called specialists. I mean, you know, you had one job, right? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we're not asking you to do anything. You know, you don't even have to lift weights. You know, I mean, you stand over there. <laughs> it's the really weirdest thing the watching these guys practice. It's like oh. there is no practice. They stand around and like see if they can kick a ball, drop a ball and kick it back to themselves. That's they spend half their day doing this stuff. It's a great job if you can do it well for three hours on Sunday. I mean, if you can handle the pressure, not many guys can, but there's. There's lots of people trying, and it's you know it's good work if you can get it, um, but you know it, it, it's it's vital to a football team, especially one that's going to be in a lot of close games like like the Bucks and and really most teams in the NFL. And you miss those extra points too, Rick. It's one of those things where you're just chasing the rest of the yeah. game. It's it, it almost has more of an impact than just one point because for the rest of the day, you're trying mm-hmm. to pick up that extra point again and then you're starting to calculate in your head, okay, if they score, if they kick a field goal here, then now we're up three. But it 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 just seems to have a greater impact than one point should. But maybe that's that was the whole intention of the uh, of the rules when or the the NFL when they decided to change the rules. It's all I know is that Dirk Cutter someday, if he loses his job, <laughs> might look and say, "Man, if I just had a kicker, just it's if I just had an idiot kicker." Who well, could do his job. look, I mean, and it's unfair, and and I, I'm sure he's worried. I mean, at some level, him, his family, everybody's got to be worried about this. Is that you know, Jason Light's the guy who's on the hook for this. I mean. You know, Dirk Cutter, last time I checked, doesn't pick players, you know. Uh, I'm sure either he said I was all on board. My information is that the ownership, okay, um, the co-chairman, the Glazer boys, were putting their hand on the scale saying, let's get us a really good kicker, and there's one down the road at Florida State. Now, they didn't say you have to trade two draft picks into the second round to get back in the second round to do it, but if your boss wants you to do something – I'm you're stunned by that, Rick. Do it. I am stunned by that. That you're Why? telling me that the ownership, the Glazers, who I don't think know anything about football, other other than mm. you know, I, I mean, I don't think they know how to run a game plan or anything like that. You're telling me that the Glazers, you really believe, had their hands and so you need to take a kicker, or you need to you need to get it. I think that they position were fixed. Yeah, I mean, my information is that they were they were banging the drum to you know wow. to get one and get a really good one. And I think Aguayo was certainly the guy they had in mind all from the start. And, yeah, it's not – look, they've owned the team long enough. I mean, they're fans, but, you know, if you're a fan who owns the team, I mean, it's not quite the Dan- Daniel Snyder level of interference. Or, the or Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones, right. I never, the they never struck me as that. But, no. I, mean, it, I mean, would you be out of bounds or out of line to tell – your GM, hey, it'd be really great if we got this guy at Florida State. If you could make that happen, that'd be cool. Like, I really want a good kicker. I mean, would that? I mean, would that surprise you? It's their team. I guess, but if Roberto Aguayo was the best kicker in college football, and and supposedly statistically he, he was. was if he had Although, played, if he had played at Ohio State or he had played at Wisconsin, would they have taken him then? Or how much? Did I don't the know that. State? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, look. I mean, he played with Jameis, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And who was the other guy they liked? Dalvin Cook. I mean, <laughs> look, these guys are fans as much as anything, and and they all have opinions about football. They may not be right, but sometimes, you know, Tom, I don't. I don't think it's that hard. You know, like I don't. I can't evaluate players the way Jason Light can. And I've never done, you know, I've not spent a day of my life scouting football players. But sometimes I think, you know, 
we make too much of it. It's just football. I mean, I've always said this. It's like it's not the Manhattan Project. What are they, they didn't reinvent the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? They lock you away. I mean, this is the thing that irritates me about football, pro football in particular, and maybe college too, which is even more absurd because you're talking about they're student athletes, okay? No, they're athletes, but they're really student athletes. But you can't go to practice, right? You can watch a half hour of stretching, and then right. we're going to start practicing football. So you have to leave because you might see us playing football, right? <laughs> like, we already have the agreement that we're not going to tweet out or text out or, you know, whisper to our friends who then tell their friends that they know at the Patriots, like, what they're running because we wouldn't know what it looked like anyway. I mean – Make up, make up your mind which side you're on. Like either sports writers know nothing about football, which we're constantly told every day, right. okay, or tell it, or or decide that we have to leave because we might see something we actually know. I mean, it's just <laughs> football, okay. Like I don't care. I'm glad they make us leave because I don't want to spend two hours of my life every day like I used to watching football practice because there's nothing more more boring than seeing guys not playing football because football practice. You barely play football. You yeah. do a lot of individual drills. You do a lot of you know, uh, you know group things, seven on seven, everything that doesn't look like football. And then you do a couple team stuff, and then it's over because it's an hour and a half to two hours. But you know they put the big you know big fences up with the big banners around them so you can't see. And then they have you know the gates lock behind you like it's a prison, like you just like walked out of Shawshank or something <laughs> and you can't watch them because they're practicing football. I, you know, it's the craziest thing. I got off on a tangent, but it's just one of my deals. But I'm just saying like, sometimes I think these guys who do football like overthink it. Right. I'll give you an example. Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. What a shock that he became a good player. Everybody's surprised. Right. Right. And why should you be surprised? And all he, he did, all he did was <laughs> go three 32 years, and yeah. three. He went 32 and three. He, he, he almost threw for damn near 500. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. Almost had 500 yards throwing the ball against Alabama in two national championship games, which people still say are the greatest defenses that man has ever put on the earth in college football. And half of those guys are in the NFL now. Yeah. And they're on the NFL. And yet. I don't know if he's a first-round pick. <laughs> Let's just oh, pump the brakes here. Well, how many plays has he called in the huddle? Well, he's in the shotgun all the time. He, are you kidding me? The dude's a winner, not to mention his character is an 11. Somehow, the boys in Cleveland, they didn't take a quarterback, right? right. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, whoever the next team was didn't take – I mean, Deshaun Watson is just sitting there for Houston. So – you know, I think the guys that do football sometimes think it's really hard. And that's why if I'm an owner and I go, you know what? It'd be really good to get a kicker. I don't know. How about the guy down the street that never misses? That's not shocking I, to me. I go back to that that draft, Rick. I still believe Jason Light did the right thing. He picked the wrong guy, but I didn't have any problem whatsoever picking a kicker. They needed a kicker. In the second just, round? You just got done telling me a minute ago that they're leading the they lead the team in scoring every year and they how all important do. That, yeah. how important that position is. And if you don't have one, do. we saw the year before how much it hurt that team that they didn't have one. And I think that's and, what he was attempting to do was was put that away. And if if he was right, then you're talking he's about right, they'd be three ten and one, years right? of not having to worry about it. Right. And they'd be three and one instead of two and two right now.
That's right. And and if they have a chance to do it again next year, he'll never do it. I, there's no. no way he'll ever do it. I'd do it. I'd take a kicker in the second round next year. No, you it's wouldn't. The, yeah, I would. I would You'd if be... I thought if I believed it, if I believed it. But that just goes to show you how how crazy that position is. How how useless scouting is. These guys. Guy was the best kicker in the history of football, college football. And, and yet, if you really if you really evaluate Roberto Aguayo at Florida State. Didn't have to make any pressure no. kicks. No. Had no. one against Georgia Tech. It was blocked. Some to say it was too low. Yeah. I want to say, and, and look, if I'm wrong because I'm talking about football, and sometimes I'm wrong <laughs> about football, um, I think he was only like four for 11 from 50-plus. So he didn't have a, a great body of work beyond 50 yards. So right. what happens? His longest 43 last year. 43 yards. That's, right? unbel- that's unbelievable, guys, yeah. Guys at East Lake High School kicked 43 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he kicked 71% and the pressure kicks that he had to make, he made one on Monday night after missing them and almost costing the game. And we know he missed a bunch against the Rams and the Raiders and so on. So again, how much is one game? How much is one game worth in the national football league? Well, I'll tell you what it's worth. It's worth the playoff spot. And if sure you get is. that playoff spot and you get to host that game, it's worth a whole lot of money. Not to mention, if you're the GM or the head coach that make you know two or five or whatever million dollars a year, that's your whole livelihood. It's worth it to you. You know, you have a hundred fifty million dollar payroll, so it's worth a lot. And yet, it's it's just one of those deals, man. You either have one, or you go and you're going to borrow somebody else's. You know what I mean? It's just that's the way it is. Well, they went nine and seven last year. If if they had a kicker, you could argue they would have went ten and six. Jason, they need and, one more and, game. One more game, you're in the playoffs. And if it happens again this year, you're back in the playoffs or you're not in the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, you look up and say, hey, this team hasn't made the playoffs in another five years. And, and the you're GM, the GM of a team and, without a playoff right. appearance in five years. Right, and you can't find a kicker, so you're fired. We'll bring in somebody else. That's that's how it works. One game, one kick could could decide a guy's fate. <laughs> and it may have already happened. Yeah. We don't know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh Back across town, nice win for the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Caps on Monday night. And Rick, I watched this game, and if we didn't notice already, we know it now. Nikita Kucherov's the best player on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the best player in the NHL because there's there's a couple of guys out there that Connor McDavid and Austin today Martin, that yeah. probably might yeah now Savechkin's still pretty. But I'm telling you what, Rick, he's borderline top five in my opinion. Borderline top five player in the National Hockey League, Nikita Kucherov. Did you see him Monday night? The guy was spectacular. Yeah, he's all over the ice, and and I think at the end they they did not credit him with the goal. I think it was actually a, a the overtime goal, right? Yeah, the, the the point got, but man, I mean he's dominant, and that's a hard sport to dominate in, quite frankly. You know, you're on the ice for very very little amount of time when you really look at the entire ice time. You put it all together. Right. It's always shocking to me at the end of the day. You go, well, this guy played five minutes, or this guy, played, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, like, I huh? mean, guy, like if you play eighteen minutes as a forward. That's yeah, less than one third of a game, and the, you wouldn't do that in any other sport. It's like Steph Curry. Steph Curry right. plays forty two minutes a night, forty five <laughs> minutes a night. Yeah, and and in the National Hockey League, eighteen, you're like, whoa, that's that guy's getting plenty yeah. of ice time. The Kucherov well, was great. Vasilevsky was good tonight again too, and and yet you know they're still giving up a lot of goals. I mean, I know. Well, the, well here's score. the thing though: they, the when you look, I thought overall much better performance from the yeah. Lightning. Shots were way down. Washington, I think they had 26 shots on goal, which is pretty good from the Lightning perspective. Because the yeah. first two games they gave up 84 combined shots. Alex Ovechkin, you mentioned 
he didn't have a goal after he had seven in the first two games. He was going for a record if he had scored, I think, one or two more. It had been a record for the most goals in the first three games. He had four shots, but he was a minus two. So they did a pretty decent job against him. First period I thought was kind of shaky, but as the second and third period got going, especially the third period, I thought they were a way dominant team. They got down 2 nothing in the first, clawed back, and they were down 3-2 at the end of the, at the, end of the second. Alex Kalorn had a goal, nice goal. Chris Kunitz, his first with the Lightning. He had, that's, that was his best game with the Lightning so far. That fourth line, I like that fourth line when they have Callahan, Kunitz, and, and Cedric Paquette out there. Those, that, I like Is that, that guy a Hall of Fame player, Kunitz? Uh, well, you know, no, I don't think so, but I— He's got 250 goals. He's got 250 goals, and he's been on four Stanley Cup teams. Four. That's a lot. I mean, how many, I mean that's that's a pretty good resume, right? It's a pretty good resume. 250, I mean, 500 is usually the magic number, but okay. it's he's played – he's a solid – he's a solid player. At the end of his career, you're going to look back and say, boy, Chris Kunitz was a heck of a player. He, he's not quite Hall of Fame worthy, but he's a he's a guy that every team in the league would want. And I was – we'll look back at the end of the year and say that was a, an absolute brilliant signing by, uh, by Steve Eiserman. Uh, but they so he scores to go there down three two going to the third and then as I mentioned Kucherov had just an incredible backhanded goal midway yeah. through the third to tie the game and then in overtime blistering shot one time around the power play deflected nice by Braden pass. Point yeah. oh by the way Braden Point in case you hadn't noticed he's got three goals and four assists in three games that's not bad his the, he's he's playing as well as anybody on this roster I think Kucherov's like I said the the best player on the team but this. I, can be a sneaky good there's some guys on this team that you know, guys like Braden Point and um um Yanni Gorda and uh and and Sergachev played a nice game tonight there there's some there's a lot to like about this team they're loaded we don't even talk about Tyler Johnson and you know some of those guys I mean you know it's uh the the past like I know they had a four and three and it was an overtime they got the too many men on the ice penalty or whatever. Uh, by the way, how do you get too many men on the ice when you're only allowed to put three guys on the ice? I know, right? I, I understand if you have five and then you put six out there. <laughs> three? <laughs> it's it's got to be the easiest thing in the world. Well, you know, you got to change fast when you only have three, right? You can't get caught with two. So um, I got a little too early. Whoa, a little too early there. Um, so I was going to say that, I, you know, Stamkos playing with Kucherov is lethal for Kucherov because oh, yeah. even on that on the game winner or which was tipped in but you know Stamkos just makes the the perfect pass I mean he doesn't rush it he just kind of feathers it to him for the one-timer and I mean you can just see like the more these guys are together they're going to set each other up all year it's going to be great this power play is going to be much better this year and simply having Stamkos out there makes a world of difference because oh, yeah. he's one of those guys just being there He's yeah. like Deshaun Jackson on the Bucks. Just the and threat, all the heat, yeah, of him being out yeah. there makes yep. uh, gives the other team headaches. Uh, anyway, it's they're one one or two and one now. Best game of the year by far, and then another good team coming in Thursday night. Two time defending champion Penguins coming in, but a little sigh of relief for the Tampa Bay Lightning because two games against Florida, I thought they were a little bit shaky in both games. And the third and the first period on Monday night didn't start out great, but they got much better. I'll tell you the thing about the Lightning that I like. They're, they get better as games go on. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they, they seem to, to, to sputter a little bit out of the gate, but then as the game goes on, they seem to play better. And that was certainly the case on Monday night. How much of the, uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs have you been? Have you, I, well, I've had I a hard time a getting bit. into them so far. The only ones I haven't watched much are the Dodgers and uh, yeah. Arizona. Right. 
Which and, is just uh, about over anyway. That one's just about one. done. Yeah. But boy, I'll tell you, um, the Cubs National Series has been fascinating. And this is like the second game that the Cubs were like no hit for five or six innings and still won the game. It's incredible to me. I mean, they they could have swept this series by now or they could have been swept by now. I mean, it's that close, right? Yes. And, um, I mean, Max Scherzer pitched today, and he was coming off, you know, he's had like a bad hammy or whatever, and the dude was unhittable. I mean, and, you know, the Cubs are out there. They've, they've made four errors, you know. Um, and the guy butchers one in left field to give them their first run, and they picked him up. But – you know, they get they just get just enough offense and you know, kind of Zobris was sort of in the middle of that and they they pull it out. I, I don't I don't like the Cubs bullpen. Their starting pitching has been phenomenal. They haven't given up anything really. Um and I know Arietta is going uh tomorrow or whenever they play next. I think it's tomorrow. But their bullpen, I mean they they got some holes and if they can get to Wade Davis, you feel great. Yep. You know, it was right, thirty three right. out of thirty four saves. But there's that middle part of the relief, you know, seventh, eighth inning, mm-hmm. or, or maybe sometimes the sixth if they if the starter so far the starters have gone that far, to where I don't I you know in a in a in a really good series if they make it to the NLCS, I just don't I don't see that holding up because every year this this has proven out to me that like good you can have the best bats in the world and the Cubs do I mean the Cubs have a great lineup. But man, if if you know you're gonna face a good pitcher every night, that's why those teams are there. And Been saying it all. Whether it's Kershaw, whether it's you know, and every night they're gonna shut down your bats, and you better play defense, which the Cubs did not, and still won. And right. you better, you better, you know, have some great pitching, because that's what wins it. I've been saying it all along, Reg. Cubs are going to be world champions again, Sugar Bear. Cubs are going to be world champions again. You they're think so? Win it all. Yep, absolutely. They you don't got think the, the Dodgers would take them? Nope. In a, in a, nope. No. I've seen that movie. They got the, <laughs> the, the they have the vibe. They just have the look of a team that's, that's really. Yeah, I thought the Nationals at first were going to take them out, and then I watched that nah, series. Nah, they nope. play in Washington. Yeah, they're it's the DC Jinx, man. Yeah, the Cubs. The Cubs are going to be world champions again, Sugar Bear. Wow. Right yeah. Meanwhile, Joma. how about? How about uh, how about the Yankees? This story this story is amazing to me. They're now tied with Cleveland. Many people picking Cleveland to win the whole thing. They were the best team in the regular season. That series is two two, and Cleveland's lucky that series isn't over in the favor of the Yankees because Cleveland was lucky to win Game Two of that series. They were down whatever eight to three late in that game and came back. They should have lost that game. And now the Yankees Game Five back in Cleveland. All the pressures on Cleveland at this point. I still probably Cleveland probably still wins that game because I like their pitching better, but I think this Yankee story has been remarkable this season. Not only this series, this season. Aaron Judge, the whole story. Oh, <laughs> rise! Boy. Here comes the Judge. That's so played. Oh my by the goodness way. gracious, Susan <laughs> Waldman in a, over in George's box. No, this this is a this wasn't even supposed to be a good team this year. And then Aaron Judge comes out of nowhere. They're, yeah, plays. they're a year ahead. I mean, they're a year ahead. Dede Gregorius? He's a better. I'd rather have him than Jeter the last five years of Jeter's career. Oh, he's outplayed Jeter all, all, like all to hell. Are you kidding me? Dude has range and power and and, and a power. Good stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done it all. I don't know what else. He doesn't date Mariah Carey or anything, but no. or Minka Kelly or Mary Hannah Davis, yet. but not yet, not yet. But yeah, keep another thirty home run season. <laughs> 
Give him a minute here. Got to be lining Hold up. On. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers replacing Brett Favre right now. I mean, the guy That's is true. just like so he good. Just, it's ridiculous. Just got there, yeah. But you know what's funny is because I watched, you know, I watched all the shows today. Uh, since I didn't have to be at one buck, you know, it was it was either that or Judge Judy, like you do. But I That's actually what I watched, watched. I watched, I watched Judge the Judy. debate shows. It was a good one. And everybody's talking about, well, this is it for Girardi. Yeah, no, no, he's not coming back. No, he's done. No, they're gonna. And Joe knows it. Joe knows it. I mean, he screwed up the other day. You know, he didn't review the tip ball, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, he and he's not. He doesn't look like he's having any fun. I'm like, what are you kidding me? The guy had to suffer through. Think about what he had to suffer through. A Rod, Mark mm. Teixeira. Derek Jeter, nothing against Jeets, but he he stayed at the party way too long. He's that guy. He stayed a, okay. he stayed a year too oh, long, and it okay, was a problem. Okay, yeah. Hey, it's good seeing you, buddy. All right, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it was a great party. You drive. <laughs> no, you what? Yeah. Uh huh. He's getting another drink. What's yeah. he doing? Oh, you want one for the road? Okay, hold on. I'll get like. That was Jeter, and Girardi had to host the party for all those years, yeah. right? And they sucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got it just got like you're not going to win anything. You're just not right. CC Sabathia got fat, got thin, and fat again. That's how long right. that the Yankees have been hanging around. And yet now he has this young team, right? And it's got still got a perfect mix of some veterans, but like, I mean, are you kidding me? Aaron Judge? I mean, yeah, I mean Judge, these guys, Gregorius, yeah. Gregorius Castro, Sanchez. Yeah. So so all these guys. And now they're saying, Hey Joe, I think it's time. Like, like, what are you crazy? I got the youngest. I got one of the best. We could we could win three World Series. He's the perfect he manager. He's the perfect manager for New York City. His demeanor, the way he deals with the media, the way he deals with the team, the way he deals with ownership. But they're tired but, of him. I which I, I'll yeah, fine. You know what? Farm. I'll take him. I take <laughs> right? him in a minute. Yeah. No. I think, the, I think he's done a fabulous job. They not York. only have Joe retired. They have him never managing again. Like it's like. Why would he? I mean, I always feel like John Sterling here. <laughs> Why would he want to manage the race? You know, why not go back to broadcasting? What's much you know, easier? He was interested in managing the race. He wasn't he a finalist back in the day, and he was with the Marlins, and then he got let go, and then Joe. They end up, and a lot of people thought that Girardi was going to end up coming to Tampa Bay, and that was yeah. about the time. I, I don't. I may be off on the years there, but I thought I thought Girardi was a guy that was at least in the mix for a minute. For the raised job, and then they end up going with Joe Madden, which at the time when you look back, said, "Wow, who's Joe Madden?" When nobody knew who right. he was. But yeah. um, no, I think he's done. I think he's done a great job. And the Yankees are going to be in the World Series, I think. Do, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, well that, now let me back up a bit. I actually think Houston's the best team I've seen. Well, all, there you go. That brings up the other interesting story, which is the Boston Red Sox. One and done. They won one more playoff game than the Rays did, for the record. <laughs> and it's got to eat them alive. And Rick, I'm looking at the David Price signing, which you ultimately can't blame, turned out to hey, be. Hey, no, you can't blame I'm David blaming, Price. I am he came out of the bullpen, Price. baby. Four and a third. <laughs> That's why I paid third. him $25 million to give me good three, hey. a good three innings in game three of the playoffs. Better than starting him where he was 0-6 or whatever. That's yeah, If you had a chance to do it all over again, I wonder if they would do it, you know? David Price? It's David Price. It's been a disaster of a year. Gets into yeah. fights. Picks on Dennis Eckersley. Like well, nice, hey, Chris, Chris nice Sale, who had there. never been in the playoffs, didn't do very well this year when he got in there, right? Yeah. That looked like it. I mean, that guy is a Cy Young Award winner, perhaps. Right, right. It's a different deal. I mean, you just have to have you have to have everything working. And yet, they had the one comeback. I mean, I don't know. The Red Sox, I thought they were the best team in the East. It's ironic that the Yankees could end up going to the ALCS. I know. It's... Um, but that's why you get in a tournament, Tommy. There you go. You got to get in, man. 
Get yeah. in. I'm telling you right now, though, Cubs and uh, Cubs Astros. That's 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 my Cubs Astros too. sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Cubs win it all about again. It. There you but go. But I'm usually wrong. So. Uh, Bucks back at practice on Tuesday. You'll be that's because it's a different week, right? Or they? It's, it's a, a bonus week, day. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you know, they took the four days. It was a it was their mini buy um, after you play the Thursday night game. In the case of the Bucks, maybe they took an extra day because they didn't don't have a bye week. A lot of times teams come back on Monday, and then take a Tuesday off. They just gave them Monday off so they could stack them, and so they kind of. It's kind of like they had their hurricane day. It's just one of those practices where you sort of show up, go through meetings, look at game plans, do a walkthrough, and say, okay, and then, see, and then you start, really start the week on Wednesday. Well, we'll get a chance to talk to, uh, you know, Patrick Murray and see what he's been up to um, watching Nick Folk miss field goals. And then, um, you know, and, and then, I mean, it's on to Arizona, right? And you would think that, uh, you know, that's that Arizona's coming off a horrific loss to Philadelphia. They got the hell beat out of them, um, you know, what, 34 to 7, something like that. Right. And this is a place where the Bucks, you know, lost 40 to 7 last year. It was a terrible game. It started Doug Martin's spiral both on and off the field, I suppose. Maybe a spiral mm-hmm. off the field started first. We don't know. But he had the hamstring pull. Things went bad. Now you go there and you got Doug Martin, who has played a game, averaged five seven. Dirk Cutter said something interesting on uh, one of his uh, radio uh, interviews on Sirius was that um, one of the reasons he didn't go back to Doug very much in the fourth quarter was he felt he was gassed. Remember, there was a, that third and two where he got stuffed. Yep. Yep. And after that, he never got the ball. And 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 he he seemed to suggest that. You know, I mean, the guy hadn't played football and you know in contact in any kind of a meaningful game in five weeks, so. Uh, said he got a little tired there in the fourth quarter. So now that he's been through a game, he'll have a week of practice. He's had these four days to rest and, and get the bruises out. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they turn more of this offense and try to become more balanced again. I got to suspect they will take a little bit more off the shoulders of Jameis Winston. Um, but then that that becomes difficult because you got all these mouths to feed, right? You got Deshaun Jackson, you got, you know, Mike Evans, Cameron Brait, and so on and so forth. And I went back and watched that game, and I, I kind of, you know, in the beginning, like I thought Jameis played terrible for three quarters, and he didn't play great. He did miss a lot of throws, but you know, Cameron Bray dropped four balls in that game. Yeah, and did, yeah. you know, if you go back, and when I went back, it was like, yeah, every time I think Jameis is just terrible, he's not as terrible <laughs> as I think he was, and I can't explain it. Like you still want him to be better, especially in the name. He's still one in four in national TV games, but he. He played better than I thought. They didn't play well as an offense. I mean, just they just you know you don't make third downs when you go for five or zero for eight or whatever it was. I think their first third down conversion was with two minutes to go in the third quarter. You're you're not going to look very good because you don't get three more plays. I mean, what right. what can you do with three more plays? So um, it's really interesting to see because I'll tell you what you know Carolina's four and one already, and you're sitting here at two and two if you're the Bucks. And I know at some point Carolina's going to take a week off. Um, Atlanta had their bye week this week, but you can't you can't afford to slip much farther behind because no, this is this is turning you know, this is turning into a huge. God, they're all they're all big games. I get it. Yeah, sixteen games you can't afford to lose any. But of you got to really. string some wins together here pretty soon, right? And this is a game that you look at the calendar and you or on the schedule and you circle like that's a game you should win at Arizona. Come on, Arizona. It's, yeah. not, it's not it's not great team. Later on this week, Rick, on one of the podcasts, I want to I want to play a game with you. I want to ask you about certain quarterbacks and okay. sort of play an either or game. Jameis, would you rather have Jameis or Marcus Mariota? Would you rather have Jameis 
or Jared Goff? Would you add Jameis or Deshaun Watson? Some, I mean, Jameis that, is, the, is, is the option on every question? Yes, every question. Jameis or the other guy? I want to play that Jeez. game with you later on this week. And we'll talk about that and more uh, the rest of the week as we get ready for the Bucks and Arizona. Don't forget, Lightning coming up Thursday night against the defending champion Penguins. Lots to talk about. Also, Florida State and Florida, by the way, wearing the worst uniforms in the history of man. Oh, they That's are coming bad. up on Saturday as well. Yeah, we'll try to get that out on one of our uh, Twitter uh, feeds. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you Tuesday from uh, from One Buck Place as the Bucks get ready for Arizona. Talk to you soon.